Stoveleg Media, igniting conversation. Good day and welcome to Extreme Common Sense with your hosts, Trisden and Ray. We hope to leave some of the social polarization behind and dig into the gray area middle of society and politics. When the far left and the far right hate us, we will have succeeded. Tristan with Ray here today. Back. Hello, How's it going, Ray? All right. Episode two. Episode two. Episode two. What are we calling this thing again? Extreme common sense. Extreme common sense coming from two guys who consider ourselves to be. Maybe it sounds pretentious, but yeah, I think there is. Why not? Least, well, put it this way. If it does sound pretentious, there's still a need for some extreme common sense. How's that? I think so. And again, it's you turn on the TV and you've either got the extreme right or the extreme left. And there's just not a lot of people trying to find some middle ground. I don't think it's any secret. You and I probably lean middle left, but I think we find a lot of common ground on both sides. So hopefully that's a little bit of what we're going to bring to the table. And today we're going to talk about what? Uh, well, last when we when we last left, it was uh, wokeism, was it not? Yep, episode and, one was wokeism. And, Check that out if you haven't already. Yes, and we were going to kind of expand on that a bit, I think. Okay, is that what we were talking about? Right, like sort of how well wokeism, but also the the eating our own politically. Like right. either if you're not far enough to the left, then you're bad, even though you're on the left. And I think you could. Take that to both parties. Like, if you're not a Trump Republican, you're not really a Republican right now. And if you're not a Bernie Sanders liberal, you're not liberal enough for a lot of people. So I find this kind of fascinating. Like, I get the party's not big enough for the other side, but now they're becoming not big enough. For their own side. For our own. That's really a great point. And in some ways, I guess you could say that the left is actually a little more punishing in that regard and i say that only because the uh like cancel culture i don't know what it means you know what it means i mean i mean i i know what it means but like what what was the origin of it because it's not new people have been um taken to task over things that they've said for years and years but now it's it's you know it's almost as if there's there, there's never an end. There's never like if you pay this particular price, then you're okay again. They just want you to be gone. Right. No, they that's want you to be that's eliminated. Correct. That's completely un-American and completely unreasonable, right? Because as humans, we're all gonna mess up. It's not a situation. You're never gonna say the wrong thing. And then also with wokeism and with culture right now, it's not only did you not say the correct thing right now, it's that we heard a tape 20 years ago of you saying a thing that was okay back then. crazy aspect, right? Right. So now it's bad because we've heard it, even though, again, it was 1996. So is it all part of a a correction that's going to happen down the road? Like, you know, will it get Will that fire burn so bright that people on the left will say, okay, we have to stop this because it's not really accomplishing anything. And, you know, any 
anything that you do to to make it right usually comes with some kind of penance, as they called it in the Catholic faith, or you know, so, some act of contrition. But there doesn't seem to be anything you can do. And and to Trizen's point, we're not here bashing the left because we'll bash the right a little bit too. It's extreme common sense. But I guess for purposes of this discussion, this podcast today, it is really more about the left right now because. I'm old enough, 20 years older than Tristan, to remember when lefties had fun. They don't seem to have fun anymore, man, do they? They it's, don't seem to have fun. It is hard to have fun when everything's offensive. <laughs> right. And I miss the days. And again, this is you know an old guy talking and having this conversation, but it's like I remember when I could make fun of you and you could make fun of me and we could both laugh. And now I think if anybody feels the slightest bit offended, it's not a situation where we can go back and forth and bond, which is sort of how it used to work. It's, well, you, that's a microaggression or I don't like that. And and now we, you know, I'm very, very offended at this. And and yeah, I mean, what happened to just having a little fun? By the way, he's not that old. He's 40, 42, (laughs) 41, 41. I was close. 41 and I'm 60. So I am literally old enough to be his dad. So we get, we get that as well. We get a little bit of a, uh, generational difference here too, but yeah, I, I think that really is a thing, and the um, the seriousness of everything, right? You just have to be able to laugh. I watched uh, the other night. There was a repeat of SNL, and Bill Barr was the guest host. Like he just doesn't care, right? He just throws it out there, and you kind of have to in comedy, right? Like you there know. is a point where you have to be okay with a little bit of offense. Well, I mean, you've got. Notable comics like Seinfeld and Chris Rock saying that they're not going to play colleges because right. they uh, they are sick of being told you can't do that, can't do that, can't say that, can't say that. And I would dare say to you, Tristan, I don't think that's the right telling them that. No, no, that, that's completely that's <laughs> it's, it's that's really the guy that's the left. You know that is that is the <laughs> yeah. extreme wing of of the the party that you and I will tend to lean towards. You and I tend to lean towards, but it's getting so far out there on that extreme that guys like you and I are you, you know are getting turned off by it. Now, I'm sure you could bring somebody in who would say, well, you don't understand, you know, unless everybody is uh, treated equally. Once you offend somebody, you've offended all of us. But where does... And, and I get that. I, I Right, I understand that. It's, it's almost like... Um, you know, the advent of political correctness, the motivation is wonderful. It's just that things do go too far, right? right? And then how do you pull them back from that abyss once they're out there too far? Well, and that's my question with Twitter and the whole cycle of everything becoming offensive. Is the ultimate goal that no one is ever offended by anything? how are you anything? ever going to get to that? Right. I mean, who, right. who can explain that? But, I, you know... But is that even the goal? And if so, is that something that we're striving for literal perfection and no one ever getting offended? Right. You see, that's another thing. I I mean, right. What is the, 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 if the left wants to make this more palatable, they need to explain what the goal is. Has anybody ever laid out what it is that they ultimately desire? Right. That you're going to live in a world where every single person is treated completely equally. There's going to be no jokes made at anyone's expense. I mean, you know, not to be a jerk about this, Drisden, but you've, uh, we've all watched funny videos and it's never not funny to see a guy get hit in the groin. It's just always funny. And it's always going to be funny. Correct. Is it offensive? Are you laughing at his, uh, you know, at his expense? Yes, you are. But it's never not funny, right? No, no, that you're exactly right. That, (laughs) That is something that 
hopefully universally when I'm 80 years old, I will, you know, roll over in the home and still you know, <laughs> and find, you will. find that pretty funny. But, and, but and again, you will. Yeah. How, <laughs> yeah. I, I just wish there was, you know, I wish there was a way that, um, I don't know, that, that people in the middle could sort of see kind of the good side of what people are trying to do with woke culture without, yeah. again, everything being offensive. We can't laugh at anything or anyone. I mean, you know, and again, maybe because we come from uh, the majority race, maybe that we just a thousand percent can't understand what it's like to be made fun of. But I mean, you know, the what's what's the the, the HBO comedy show in the in the eighties and nineties? Well, you know, every other comedian, it's it's sort of cliche now. The white people do this, and you know. In, I think, like, are we offended yet? Is that to the point where we can't make fun of white people? Right. And are you not allowed by virtue of being a white guy to comment at all on other folks, be they uh, African-Americans, be they, you know, Indians, um, India Indians? Are they, you know, can you make no commentary i i assume there are some people who would tell you and i that that you know you have no right to make that which doesn't really make sense either i, I mean you have no right to be offensive but you certainly have a right to voice your opinion don't you uh, yes five years ago i would have <laughs> yeah, said right. un unequivocally we're all entitled to an opinion and now it's almost as though there's a segregation of thought in that you know if there's a, a cultural issue you know the the cultural issue i think in the news this week is the olympic young lady who's been banned from the Olympics yes. because she's smoking pot. And yes. that has become, from what I've read on yes. social media, a race issue. And I just... Oh, has it? Yeah. It's, you know, it's, well, this is happening. You know, if this was a white person issue, it would be completely different. And Michael Phelps had a DUI, but he got to compete, ah. et cetera, et cetera. But it is, um, I don't know, man. It's, I, to, to circle the long way back around, I feel like we should all be entitled to an opinion, even if it's, you know, from the point of view of being a white guy or from the point of view of being a black guy. I mean, it's easy when you're not a policeman to talk about the police, like, and I feel like that's accepted, but it's almost a segregation of race that uh, you really can't even comment on that as a white person, or you really can't even comment on that. Well, I don't know if that even extends to other races, but certainly extends to white folks that just shut up about this. You don't want to, you know, well, I can't think of her name. Tiffany Cross, perhaps she was just berating Bill Maher the other day because, because of what she interpreted as his uh, oh, kind of stale, um, y you know, 20-year-old humor. I think, you know, I don't know how well you, the listener, might know or not know Bill Martris, and I know him pretty well. But if you're a person, oh, and one of the things she said was, you know, there's very little difference between him and just somebody commenting on Fox News. Real, real, real quick background. He was the host of Politically Incorrect on ABC. He it was, was canceled, canceled yes. because he had some pretty questionable comments about 9-11. Right. Now he has a pretty, uh, you know, he's, he's kind of an out there guy on uh, HBO's Real Time, and he's a political commentator. He does also swing probably close to you and I, middle left- right. Right. This politics, right? But uh, so some background on who Bill Maher exactly. is. Exactly. But go ahead. And, and thank you for that. And she was picking on him, sort of in a general, uh, sort of in a general way, and then specific to um, the heights with uh, Manuel uh, Lin Manuel with Miranda. Lin Manuel Miranda. Uh, Miranda. Correct. Right. Yep. And because he had apologized for not having enough Hispanics and Mars. Well, it wasn't Hispanics. It was because the entire cast was Hispanic. It was, there were, I think, and, and oh, gosh, I'm going to use the wrong terminology, but it's the uh, dark Hispanics. Oh, they were really? all mostly that... light skinned Hispanics. Oh, but there was a term what, okay. that so I'm unfamiliar with. Latinx? I can't, 
No? I, I think they're but all you, Hispanic. That's interesting. Yeah. Okay, so I learned something there. So that's what it was. Correct. And, and Mar uh, did a riff about how how are you having him apologize? This is the man who made the founding fathers black and Hispanic. Right. Like, what more do you want from him? Yeah. And and she just berated Mar over that. And I, I think I have her name right, Tiffany Cross, and I'm not exactly sure who she is. She probably doesn't know me either. So we're, we're even on <laughs> She'll that. listen to the podcast. But um, She'll find us on Facebook. But my only point to that would be if you can't can't distinguish between a commentator on Fox and Bill Maher. You really don't know. You are isolating yourself out on a place where nobody's going to help you. Right. To your point, when we started this, your your uh, um, you know view is so narrow at that point that you are just really amongst ten or fifteen percent. If you're saying that Maher is no more than a Fox News commentator, yeah, who's that's a pretty pretty. A large misunderstanding of what right. he's about and and you know what he's done and I mean yeah I don't think there's any doubt that for a bulk of his career he would have been probably considered extreme left yeah right and exactly you know, and, and probably still on most a- issues he is I mean a lot of people yeah. like I've got a very conservative sister up in New Jersey who I've often said watch him listen to him because he's not the least bit extreme I right. mean he does kind of what we're doing here a bit he he's not averse to uh, picking on the left when they're wrong and you know he's a pro military guy so on and so forth. But you're exactly right. He would have been looked at as extreme left. Yeah. And he's certainly left of center now, but she's just throwing him under the bus as if he were Sean Hannity. And to me, that just – I don't see how you ever bring – how you really get a whole lot of support for your view outside of those who agree with you 100%. And right. what's that going to be, 15%? Uh, yeah. Or whatever? I, I think, yeah, 15 20%. And, and I think what is going to happen, if you take this politically – and you're basically saying you're either extreme, you're, you're either Bernie Sanders and left of that, or we just have no interest in you. Right. That's really going to cost the Democrat Party. Now, on the right, if you and and I think the Republican Party is scared of this. You're doing the same thing with Trump. Either you're you you have Don, you're Donald Trump with his views, or we're not really interested in the right. middle anymore. Uh, you know what's going to happen? Is there going to be a, a middle party emerge from that of people who are like, no, that's just a little too far left and a little too far right for me? Or- right, and I think that's the notion of extreme common sense. To whatever degree we can hit this thing and 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 actually make some points about it, I, I think it's because those extremes. And I don't know, you know, if one led to the other, or you know, if it's just been a, a you know kind of a, a natural progression, but. You know, you never want to say we're as divided as we've ever been because we did fight a civil war 170. I was told there would be no math. 50 years. Okay. Yeah. Um, so that was pretty divisive, but it's um, it's not great. I, I mean, you know, I work with people here in, you know, middle America, if you will, who literally have family members who simply, I think we talked about this last week, simply because you have that D at the end of your name as a distinct, distinction of a, of a person who might vote Democratic, they just literally... That's the end of it for them. Sure. They, that's it. They're done. I have a lot of friends and clients, then that's sort of the same thing. I mean, you could be the best person to them, and then they just learn that you've got a D, and then they're done with you. And that's and crazy. It's amazing. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, because, I mean, there is a lot of middle ground, and there's a lot of crossover on issues. So what is that? Now we're off a little bit from from the initial topic, but is that, um, since it is kind of free-flowing and stream of consciousness here, Tristan, or at least it seems to be indeed extreme uh, <laughs> common sense, but what do you think that is? You think that's uh, 
you know, cultural issues. You think that's just a, a, a middle America, for lack of a better term, that is distrustful of the coasts in the form of a Nancy Pelosi or a Chuck Schumer. They think they're a little too, you know, refined, a, a little too fast talking. You know, they're always trying to backdoor them with something. I mean, I, it seems to just be a grave, grave mistrust. There's just right. no. Well, there's that, uh, in, you know, in my job, in my opinion, it's the right side has done such an excellent job of marketing how evil the left is to their credit. I mean, they, they've got the slogans, they've got the catchphrases, you know, and to kill our side, like we are miserable. The left side is miserable with slogans and catchphrases. Like we come out with, let's defund the police. Well, and we're not saying, you know, and again, I was right, completely right, off that. We're not right. saying let's reform and let's do more training and let's, you know, have the correct people on the correct job. We're saying defund the police. So what, let, let's just alienate as many people in the middle right. as we possibly can. Right. <laughs> and, but again, like if the, if the Democrat party, which should have won a lot better than they did in, in the past national elections. Yes, that's true. If they continue to kick people off their boat for not being quite as politically correct enough or, you know, for being in the middle, the right will happily take those people. And so I think as a party, we have to ask ourselves, are, are we are we kicking people off the boat for microaggressions that we want to then forever vote on the other side? Or are we going to say... Like the Trisdens and Rays of the world that are in the middle, look, there's room for you over here, you know, where there's a place for, you know, the the common person, the working man. Yeah, or does that argue for that, you know, that ubiquitous, not ubiquitous, that uh, elusive, that elusive third party that never seems to, you know, never seems to come. But is there a chance at, at some kind of third way where people, because, you know, you could make the argument that, and and this, you know, it's only an argument, but you could almost say right now that liberals could probably find common ground quicker with conservatives than they could with leftists. So, so on the Democratic side, there's basically, in my mind, a huge difference between liberals and leftists, right? True. Who, who just want to tear the system down. Yeah, and, define that for the listeners. Well, what I would, would the differences be? You know, I think liberals are kind of you and I, where you bring some common sense to issues and you're willing to listen to the other side, where leftists are only going to see it from all consumerism is terrible, uh, capitalism is terrible, the profit motive is terrible, everything needs to be torn down, and they're, you know, they're, you and I aren't going to find common ground with them. But... To me, everything in politics has, you know, corollaries. I would say on the right, there's probably a, a, a pretty large difference between evangelicals and fundamentalists. There's yes. a lot of good evangelical folks that are wonderful people. The fundamentalists, they can be a little more difficult to deal with, right? Because they just, they just can. Well, be. they're going to be less there's... open to that conversation for sure yeah. of how to meet in the middle. That's right. Like the far left is. It, it, yes, yeah. I think that's right. So both right. sides are there's almost mirror images of each other. Other. Now, I guess the question becomes how big are those two entities within, you know, leftists in the Democratic Party and fundamentalists in the Republican Party? Because those would be your two extremes. Then you've got liberals and you've got evangelicals and then you've got folks, you know, that are sort of closer to the center. And that's kind of five steps along the way, left to right. And they're both fraught with, you know, they're both fraught with problems right now that are a little bit intractable. Yeah, absolutely. It's just tough to find common ground amongst really any of that. Yeah, I, I don't know. You know, I 
I don't know what the, you know, I don't know if we'll ever be able to find a lot of common ground between the right and the left. Certainly the way the political landscape sits today. But we definitely have to be able to find some common ground in our own party. And again, coming from the left, what I see is a, is a party that wants, you know, all the change right now. And if you're not in for all the change right now, we're not really interested in you. And I think, you know, that's not what Biden is. Biden is, you know, he's a he's a kind of an old school George, George Bush senior Republican politician. Right. And that's, you know, that's why probably he, I don't want to say squeaked through with the victory because, you know, he won by what, 8, 11 million votes. Yeah, I think, yeah, 7, 8 maybe, yeah. But I think there's got to be a place for these old Joe Biden Democrats, and then there's got to be a place for the uh, the John McCain Republicans. Yes, and we we can't just turn into you know this Middle Eastern, you know Sunni. What what are the, what are the two the yeah, factions uh, that are always Sunni and Shia? Yeah, the, we're not Sunni <laughs> and Shia. Like we we're Americans. Like we we live in you know arguably the best country in the world. Like we should be able to say, well, we disagree on some of these pretty important issues, but. You know, so, we can come together, but also certainly as a as a political party, we could find some common ground. So then, does uh, social media come into that, or how does it? Fa- obviously, it comes into it, but you're much more versed in that than am I. Um, in fact, you're still going to have to explain this Facebook to me. I'm not exactly sure where to go to get on, but nice. <laughs> so we'll, Again, I'm sixty. We'll have a meeting after the show today. <laughs> yeah, let's do that. Yeah. But you know. I mean, that's one X factor in all of this. As I say, we've always been divided to some degree, but this does seem to be playing a role, at least the way I understand it. You can go in that bubble, never come out of it. You can find any number of sources that sort of confirm or or reaffirm whatever views you have. And there seems to be a lot of that, people that are just in that. Yes, well, yes, that's absolutely correct. My also... um point that I would make about social media is that, you know, you and I know a lot of Republicans. We're great friends with people on, you know, both sure. sides of the political sure. aisle. But the same people that you and I could go to champions and have a beer with and find a lot of middle ground on social media are like, screw you, liberal moron. Oh, that's like, funny. Th- and that is just so... That's a great point. Well, and it's very universal. Like the same people that, you know, if you know them and you're going to have a drink or you're going to have a real life They're conversation face to face. Exactly. But online it's like, they will. Well, what about this? And that's you know, you, you can find some common ground, but I think as long as you're hiding behind this computer, everybody's a, a liberal cuck or everybody's <laughs> a right wing, you know, l- lunatic. That's and it's funny. So, but I think, and until there's... You know, until the politicians actually step back and say, "Look, you know, we're you know we're gonna have some lunches together, and we're gonna do a lot of photo." Well, that walks. used to be a thing, right? And you we're know? not gonna just you know make Nancy Pelosi this devil yeah. scapegoat, and, and we're not gonna make uh, you know some of these other politicians. But there has to be a there has to be an, a concerted effort because until then, like it's it's getting more extreme, right? And there and it used to be, you know, I go back to the Tip O'Neill, Ronald Reagan days, which are two names that everybody remembers. Certainly Reagan, if not O'Neill, he was the Speaker of the House while Reagan was President. Two old Irish lifelong politicians who fought like cats and dogs, but they say at the end of the day they would have a drink together and, you know, we'll go get them tomorrow. Uh, that doesn't seem to happen anymore. It, it seems to be that even in Washington, kind of to your point, that Republicans stay amongst themselves, Democrats amongst themselves, and, you know, golf together, play handball together, go do something, right? Softball. Because that's just all kind of a part of that way of finding common ground. But it really doesn't seem to happen a whole lot now. Well, 
it, it's hard when you spend all day villainizing someone yes. to go, you know, yeah. then the, the Lindsey Grahams and John McCain's of the world who, you know, before McCain passed, I think we're, we're close friends and would spend a lot of time together, right. you know, outside of uh, politics. But I mean, when you're on camera all day saying these people are evil, Very and true. they are just the worst of the people. That and we've got to stand up and fight these people. Yeah, it's tough to go play racquetball at the end of the day. Yeah, that's like, right. You know, we've got to come back to, well, again, we disagree on some serious issues, but we're Americans and they're just issues. Like, it's not life and death. It's right. not, you know, we're not murdering people. It's, yeah. You know, so, I, you know, I, I guess, so to your point uh, before, this has been happening for some time and, um, you know, just the skill that the right, brought to that battle i mean you would have been a young kid but i remember the reagan years pretty well i was in my 20s and you know mr reagan was really good at turning liberal into a pejorative if you look at the dictionary definition of the word i mean it's really a it's it's really fine but man by the end of the 80s it was really it was really pejorative and in my mind you know, and, and this could be wrong, but in my mind, that's where Limbaugh drew his, um, you know, uh, drew his, um, what's the word I'm looking for? You know, his influence, uh, creativity. Maybe? Yeah, it was kind yes. of, it's kind of what stoked him. I mean, I think, yeah. I think he saw that opening, and wow, there's something going on out there that that people are responding to this, you, you know, to, to to this attack on the left, and he just took it to new heights. And I mean, his whole show was was beating up the, yeah. you know, feminazis. And I don't know if he was the one, you know, some of the more ugly words that are used, you know, lib, you know. But um, I think there there was some of that, that that sort of did grow out of the 80s. Now, I guess you could take it all the way back and somebody else might argue that, you know, there was... Um, there, that that conservative voice was being ignored, and it was time that somebody represented them and, and stood up. And, you know, I, I like to draw this weird thing with 1960 because it was the year of my birth. It was the year John F. Kennedy was, was uh, elected, and there's just such a division there between the 50s and the 60s, right? They were two different decades. You were still coming out of World War II in the 50s, pretty conservative, button-up, shirt and tie, Ozzy and Harriet. Yeah, you had the beatniks and you had some rumblings. But the 60s, all of it sort of unleashed, right? So, the, yeah. so 1960 is kind of an interesting year of division. If you move, again, arguable, but I, th- I think with some merit to it, if you move forward from 1960 through today and you look at the cultural wars, if you will, with one or two exceptions, the left pretty much won them all. And I don't say that as a person saying, oh, you know, good for our, my side. I'm a proud lefty. I'm just saying whether it's, you know, African American, you know, civil rights, whether it's women's rights, homosexuals' rights, now we've got transgender issues going on, even the abortion issue was settled in favor of the left, although it's still being battled. Sure. Uh, maybe guns is the one exception. There hasn't ever been a real sweeping bit of guns, but pretty much 90, 95% of the culture wars were won by the left, weren't they? It's a good point. So, you, if you're a conservative, you might be a. Um, you would not be opposed to somebody sort of making a pitch of, man, these people are just beating us at every place and they're, they have no regard for what our values are and they're so out of touch, so on and so forth. And I think some of that divide was a backlash to victory after victory by the left. 
Yeah, it's a really good point. I, you know, I'd never really stopped to think that so many of the, the culture, cultural issues have been, you know, over time won by the left. But, and wouldn't you say that most of those certainly now Republicans would, would be completely in line with? Like, you wouldn't come out and say, right. you know, we were right, right about civil rights exactly. 50 years ago. That's or, what's interesting you know. about it. Right. Are you going to be the person who says, yeah, it was much better when it was a segregated country and there was, a, you know, unspoken apartheid everywhere. It was much better when women weren't able to, to go out and work. It was much better when homosexuals were in the closet. No, you're not going to be that person. Right. But if you do feel that way, then that has to come out somewhere else. And so right. they just started to attack the people who, you know, who, who were sort of bringing forth these. I, I mean, there, there was just a, you know, I, I, I get that's, that's a really weird paradox because you're exactly right. Nobody's going to defend any of that, yet there's still that feeling amongst conservatives that the traditional values that they know have been crapped all over. Yeah. So they can't come out and say, no, I don't like these advances, but they can say the traditional, well, what are traditional values? See, that's another thing. That's, a great, that's a great point. Nobody's ever once explained to me the whole MAGA slogan. When was America not great? What were we making America great right. again? What specifically for? are we trying and to get back would, to when it was? Yeah, right. Yeah. And if somebody could come and explain that to me, it would be great, but I never saw when it wasn't great and what specifically were we trying to get back to unless it was code for dog whistle the, racism the, perhaps the and, and 50s to, where things were yeah. you know a little better for you know white males yeah no that, that's pretty fair and, and you know you hate to certainly on our side make anything or everything racist because you know you do see that as kind of a, a crutch for the left to constantly everything we dislike is racist right but like right. yeah but but fair when is that time like when was it so much better I you know because it, it very much seems to be a dog whistle for when those people were in their place yes as opposed to now when it was better for us and right. that's and that's an appeal but but yeah. you make a great point so that's a again i'll use the word it's a really odd paradox in that you're not even donald trump even the, the most ardent conservative can't stand up right now in in present day america and say you know it was better when those people were there those people were there you just can't do that no. first of all it doesn't make any sense because right. it wasn't and Correct. secondly you know you're really going to be dismissed unless maybe online people are doing that kind of crap i don't know i'm sure i'm sure so that's places. a little bit of a paradox so you yeah. sort of do a dog whistle of make yeah. america great again well what does yeah. that actually mean yeah for who and for whom yeah that's a good point and (laughs) and if i could take that even to a point of sort of switching it around sort of against our party i see so much media and maybe this is unfair that it's almost like a reverse segregation where you just see so much of like like okay we're gonna have an entire town for black folks only (laughs) Like, it harkens back so hard to segregation. It's like, yeah, you know, we right. work. And I think those right. of us in the middle, right. as, as white guys in the middle, like the Bernie Sanderses of the world that have worked so hard for equality, when you start to see our side take it too far, you're like, guys, it's, we're together. We're not separating, even if it's a safer space. Like, we've just fought too hard to be together, all of us. Things come in full circle. They say if you, you know, politics are, are a circle. If you go far enough right, far enough left, you wind up hitting, you know, somewhere down. In- right. <laughs> 
down here somewhere. Well, I, have we killed another half an hour, Tristan? I think I think yeah, we're pretty pretty, pretty, pretty darn close. close. You know, if we start to script this show, we might actually have some. That's <laughs> that's pretty good. You know, I, I've had the the same thought. You know, if we write it up a little bit and and, and get serious, we may. Yeah, maybe. Really I mean, hopefully something. these are points that you know have some, uh, um, you know, appeal to folks out there. I mean, obviously these are issues that are, are are paramount. If you're at all political, there are people who aren't, and that's wonderful. I've often said, good for those. I'm jealous of those people. Well, I I work with a guy who's a huge NASCAR guy, you know, and he will watch NASCAR for five hours, and I think, oh my goodness, that might bore me a slight bit. However, if he were to spend a Sunday morning with me, he would be bored to tears. So it's cool. We're even, man. Yeah. He, you don't. You know, I'm not going to sit any judgment on your choices. Don't sit any on mine. But if you are somebody who's, you know, involved in politics, uh, hopefully this extreme common sense will have some appeal to you. Hopefully, yeah, hopefully. And again, maybe we won't put a D or an R in it and won't alienate half of the world immediately. Hopefully it's something that both Democrats and Republicans can jump on and equally hate us some days. <laughs> well, that would be great. I think you yeah. said that. Yeah. If both sides are, are hating us, then we are doing something Correct. But do you want to uh, close with letting folks know? And then once you and I say our goodbyes, you can explain to me how I can actually find things on Facebook. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> and hopefully, folks, by the time you're hearing this, because we won't release this for a, f- a few weeks, we will have our Facebook up. So okay. you can you can jump on Facebook and take a search for Extreme Common Sense with Trisden and Ray. One of the easiest ways probably to find that will be just spell out Trisden, T-R-I-Z-D-O-N. because how it's spelled all those isn't, years, isn't writing weird? those checks to you. Yeah. Man, you should but you know. were always able to catch them. <laughs> I, I, just cir- I just circled right over the, the misspellings. So, yeah, check us out on Facebook and uh, jump on it. Tell us how stupid we are and tell us where we miss it. I, I think we're sure. pretty, you know, we're open-minded, if nothing else. So we right. are open to the fact that we're not always going to be hitting, uh, you know, the exact correct points. And there's stuff that we're going to overlook. Yeah, and absolutely so stuff teach we'll us miss. something. We're, yes. we're, we're happy to have, have a conversation with you. And uh, hopefully, uh, not too offensive, but, uh, yeah, check us out on Facebook. We're uh, right here in Berea at Front Porch Studios. So if anybody locally is listening and you think Yes, I'm, thank you, Troy. Yeah, thanks, Troy. And if you're uh, better than us and you think you, you are and you, you very well could Oh, be, trust me, you're better than us. Could yeah. You come on out and uh, Troy will, will rent you the studio too and you can have your own <laughs> dumb podcast where you can <laughs> scream at people and tell people how to think. So thanks for listening. We appreciate it and uh, look forward to checking you out next week. Thank you. Thanks, Ray. Thanks for listening to Extreme Common Sense with Trisden and Ray. We hope you had fun and look forward to taking on another topic next week.